It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I've got a deeper love, a deeper love, a deeper love inside, and I call it pride, a deeper love, a deeper love, a deeper love, a
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Recovery Corner. I am your host, Tanya Wilson, also known as Authoress Tanya Wilson, author of the book, The Time Is Now. The Recovery Corner is proudly brought to you by The Literary Corner. We also provide a diverse platform to bring awareness to socioeconomic issues within our community. Christian values, promotion of small businesses, and support of nonprofit organizations. Our partnering NOP, the Theodore House, provides invaluable services for people who suffer with addictions, mental health, homelessness, and HIV. For more information, please contact Ms. Tamika Randall at www. Dot theodorahouse.org and we will be right back after this quick commercial break so right in the building house of stone by coco i'm gonna show you she gonna show you we gonna show you how we do this huh what Yo, this bling be the illest. Coco House of Stone got a feeling. Step up in the room, royal like a queen. Rockin' House of Stone, girl, you know you reign supreme. Red carpet jewels, finest of quality. Necklace so reckless. I know you seen the rosary designer for celebrity. Pieces on the runway. Tracy Lynn was so back when you gotta grow up someday. Big girl accessories, always on fleek. Not the average, but the baddest chick. The ones who like to be unique. We don't follow the crowd. We set the trends. Other fashions bow down. House of Stone will never be. My bad, with this commercial interrupt, I'm just trying to be your friend, help you step your game up. When you put on House of Stone, get ready for your close-up. Trendsetters, go get his ladies in the know. House of Stone stands alone, I just thought I'd let you know. I think I said too much, you need to catch your breath, nobody does it better. Yo, House of Stone is the best, this is the soul writer. And I'm here with my girl Coco, House of Stone by Coco, that is. She's got the flyers bling on the planet, yo, she kicking down doors. In magazines, on the runway, celebrity jewelry designer, and I'm trying to put you down with game. On Facebook, House of Stone by Coco. Instagram, House of Stone by Coco. Twitter, House of Stone by Coco. Yo, it's real easy. And if you're really trying to holler at my girl, then holler at your girl, the soul writer, and I'll put you in direct contact with none other than the lady herself. Now, when you step outside, your fashion needs to be standing on a firm foundation, and it gets no firmer than the house that Coco built. Yo, check it. I'm going to show you, huh? She's going to show you what? We're going to show you how we do this, huh? What? House of Stone by Coco. It doesn't get any better than the best. <laughs> Welcome back to the Recovery Corner. I am your host. Author is Tanya Wilson, and my guest for this evening is author Tanisha D. Mackin. Tanisha D. Mackin is the Chief Inspiration Officer and founder of the Mackin Project, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides bereavement coaching, encouragement, and burial assistance to families that have lost loved ones to violence. Having personally experienced tragic loss when her husband was slain in 2010 
and the lack of resources that were available to address her particular pain. Tanisha became a certified bereavement coach. She is the author of a series of self-help and motivational books, including the breakout book, Words from a Widow, Our New Normal, a workbook which focuses on the five stages of grief to help other survivors of loss. This past July, Tanisha and her 11-year-old son, Danielle, embarked on a four-city book tour to promote Tanisha's fifth book, My Testimony, I Don't Look Like What I've Been Through, and Danielle's first book, Fatherless Son. This colon cancer survivor was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, but now resides in Georgia with her two beautiful children, Danielle and Destiny. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce to you author Tanisha D. Mackin. Hello. Hi, Tanisha. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I just want to say thank you, you know, for joining us on the Recovery Corner to share your story with us. And my first oh, question is, <laughs> it's my pleasure. So what was it like for you growing up as a child in Buffalo, New York? Um, It was, back then, it was a great environment, like, I had no problems. It wasn't too much violence. Um, I grew up in a middle-class home, both parents, um, mm-hmm. both working parents and a sister. So, I mean, we had a good life. I I cannot complain about how I grew up. And like I said, back then, it was, we had, you know, it was a community. You know, mm-hmm. if one child acts up, the whole neighborhood is going to whoop they butts until they get home right. and tell their mama. That's how it was. Like, it just it just was a great community. And now it it, it turned into something else. And at times mm. I'm even afraid to, you know, go back to my hometown. Right, right. Well, times, you know, times have changed. So, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you can't even say anything to anybody's child these days. Child, you know, no. Back then, you... <laughs> You better not even look at somebody wrong. An adult, you were in trouble because before exactly. you get home, it's back. Your your mom already knows. Exactly. <laughs> you know. You're know. gonna get it. You're gonna get it from all the neighbors until mm-hmm. you get home. <laughs> yep. Yes. That's true. So um, so who who were your excuse me who were your role models when you were growing up? Uh, both parents. Mm-hmm. Um especially my father, he's like a hard worker, a businessman. Like that's where I believe I get my business sense from mm-hmm. It's him. So, you know, based, like, like I said, both parents, but my dad really, you know, with the things that he has done and accomplished is like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you, I want to do that too. Mm-hmm. Okay. At one point we were at one point, the funny part is at one point we was at college together. Because wow. we went back to school when I was in school. Yeah, we were at college together, so that was a fun time. Because I'm like, okay, I'm in school with my father. Like this is with fun. With your dad? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> like this is fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. We, I really have a close bond with him, so I'm like, this is really fun. I'm here with my dad. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it was fun. <laughs> so I, I would suppose that made you feel more, you know, comfortable. And everybody mm-hmm. knew my dad, so he was popular. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be popular now, too, because my dad is popular in my oh, Okay. <laughs> okay. That sounds great. So, mm-hmm. so how, you know, what were your teenage years like? Um, my teenage years was good. Um, you know, the I had certain, you know, insecurities at high school. Mm-hmm. You know, you see other friends with certain things and some of them cute and you think, you know, you're going through your little personal issues like, mm-hmm. well, I don't think I'm all that cute or my hair or this and the other. So I had issues mm-hmm. like that. But as far as friends and being popular, I had that as well. But, you know, deep down inside, you know, you still have your little tiny insecurities, and you know that's how how it was. But again, my um, high school years was great. You know, mm-hmm. it's just certain things that you insecure. You trying to grow into who you mm-hmm. trying to grow into. Who you basically. are, right? So, well, I think everybody mm-hmm. goes through that at some age. You know, like I would say around thirteen, fourteen, because you're just beginning to, you know, get your own identity. You know, exactly. You're trying to find who you really are. Where do you fit in? You know. Exactly. So yeah. And you now you're so in I high school it. and you're looking like mm-hmm. okay, you have the popular kid, you have this, you have you know, mm-hmm. so you really trying to find yourself in high school. Right. Right. Exactly. So um now how did you come to be the founder of the Mackin project? Well, that happened um right after my husband was killed. Um, it probably happened like maybe two months after he was killed. So he was killed in in August. So it was yeah October. Um, mm-hmm. How that came about was my husband's death made worldwide news. So wow. while we're sitting at my parents' house, we were starting to get packages, um, cards, money from mm-hmm. people. I had no idea who these people were. But they also knew that I had, at the time, my baby was six months. Mm-hmm. And I had, and then my son, he was six years old. So they knew, you know, she has two kids. She's a colon, she, at the time I was battling colon cancer. Wow. So people from all over the U.S. were sending us checks. I don't know who these people were. They was, uh, they set up um accounts at the bank that my husband worked at. They were setting up accounts. Mm-hmm. So people were coming in, uh, depositing money into that account for us. So what happened was I told my father I wanted to pay these people back, but I didn't know how to pay everybody back. So what right, I did was right. me and him, you know, we put our heads together, and I was like, Dad, I think I want to start a foundation to help families that lost a uh, mm-hmm. family member to violence like I lost my husband. So mm-hmm. at one point we were trying to assist families with um, burial assistance or, you know, right. you know, trying to get a tombstone or whatever obituaries, whatever assistance they needed as far as the process of burying their loved one. But mm-hmm. then after a while, I developed a love for widows and children because that's mm-hmm. what me and my children are. So right. I decided to start helping widows and children. So if you lose your spouse or your children, you know, lost a parent, what I do is I send a care package to okay. you. I know the first two weeks are going to be hectic. So I send mm-hmm. a care package to make sure you covered at least for the first two weeks, like toiletries, things you're going to need because you're not going to remember anything. I didn't remember I needed diapers for my daughter. 
I, wow. I didn't remember because yeah, I well, wasn't in know. the state of mind. Yeah, of course not. You know, because like, especially if something like uh, like if you lose someone to violence, it's like something sudden. You mm-hmm. know, unexpected. Not like if someone was like sick and you you knew that they you know were sick and exactly. you, you were kind of expect. But it's like unexpected. You know, so so Very did this unexpected. happen in 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 New York or did it happen in Georgia? Okay, at the time we were living in Austin, Texas. What we oh, did was, okay. we, yes, we got married a year prior in Austin, okay. Texas, and it was just me and him. So what we did okay. was we went home for our wedding okay. reception, and he wow. got killed the night before our wedding reception. Are you kidding me? Yeah, he got killed on our one-year wedding anniversary. Wow. And we were at we were in home we were at home we were in New York we was at our hometown oh my so goodness. you know. Going back home, you know, you come with your husband and you leave without him. Like it was, it was weird. That's, it was crazy. Yes. Wow. On your one year wedding anniversary. Yep, he died on our oh, one year wedding wow. anniversary. It was like I became a wife and a widow exactly one year. Wow. Mm. So, being that you have, you know, experience with being a you know, widow with a child, then that made you want to help other women yes. and their children. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, that 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 was a great thing to do because at least you you know what it was like for you. You know, going yes, through that I'm... period of time, so that would give you experience and knowing what they would need. And wow. then I was I was getting a lot of phone calls. You know, like. Mm-hmm women that will Google me and they'll, you know, email me and say, hey, can we talk? I lost my spouse or I lost my boyfriend or, you know, my mm-hmm. children's father. I just need to know how you got through it or how you got over it. And mm-hmm. at that point, I was just starting to talk to women like, you know, this is what you're about to embark in. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you know what you're about to go through. And that's how wow. and that's how I started bereavement coaching because I wanted to I, mm-hmm. I wanted to give them the honest truth. I didn't want to sugarcoat nothing with them. You're going to have mm-hmm. your days. You're going to go mm-hmm. through it. So, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, no matter how it happens, we never really get over it. We get through it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I don't care how it's long your new ago normal. it was. And it's just like, yup, that's true. That is so it's true. normal. You have to learn how to live in your new normal. Mm-hmm. Wow. So did you need any special training to become a bereavement coach? Yes, I went, I took a couple of courses and graduated with um, being a life coach. And then I went off and started going into bereavement. So I started learning about, you know, the five stages of grief. And then Mm -hmm. I added my own twist to it because I knew, you know, what was going to happen or what um, these widows were about to embark in. So Mm -hmm. I added my own twist to you know, being a um, bereavement coach. Mm. I'm kind of straightforward, but in a, in a, in the same sense, I'm real sensitive to everybody's needs because I know how it feels. So I'm going to be there right. for you and I'm going to walk through everything with you. Mm. Okay. So can you um tell our listening audience what the five stages of grief are? The five stages is, and the funny part is there's no particular order. I mean, this is the mm-hmm. order that they come in, but you will go, right. you will battle back and forth between certain ones. 
the first stage is shock. The second right. one is um wait a minute, is is shock. Then you go mm-hmm. into depression because now mm-hmm. you now you're realizing what right. you're going through, what's going on. Then you mm-hmm. start going into, um, wait a minute, this is crazy. I can't believe all my five stages. You know, I got other things on my mind right now. But it's definitely, it's bargaining, it's anger, mm-hmm. and it's acceptance. And you know you're going to go back and forth because mm-hmm. one minute you're of going course. to be depressed, the next mm-hmm. minute you're going to be okay. I had those days with one minute. I was like, okay, I think I'm over this. And the next day, oh, no. I'm down in the dumps. <laughs> right. Then one day, I'm happy, and the next day, that anger the anger came. Right, anger. So you're going to go, yeah, you're going to go back and forth, and then you're going to go through bargaining. Like, I did that. If we didn't go home for our wedding reception, will my husband still be yeah. here? Is that if like we didn't you were, go like, blaming to, yourself for it? I blamed myself for a long time for this. I really did. Mm. And I had to told me something that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. She said, we're born, and when we're born, we're born with a death date. So it didn't matter oh, if we yeah. were at home. Or it right, didn't matter exactly. where we was, that was the day that it was going to happen. Even if he choked mm-hmm. on chicken or something, she said that right. was it. So, you know, I you, I blamed myself for a while, but then those words right there was like, you know, you're absolutely right. You yeah. know, and then acceptance is the last one. And some people don't make mm-hmm. it to acceptance. Right. Some people don't make it and some people do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely so it all right. So how much you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know some people you know they stay, they stay stuck. Yes, you they know. definitely do. Because that's that's definitely true. We all have, you know, when God calls us, we gotta go no matter where we are. You know, the some time, people you know feel nothing. guilty, like survivors guilt and you know stuff like that. You know, if I hadn't did this, maybe that wouldn't have happened, or it's going to happen exactly. either way. Yep, and that's how it was for a while. I was like, uh, if we didn't go out that night and just stayed home, this wouldn't happen. Like, I just, I wrestled with it. I wrestled mm-hmm. with it. Right. What is the, the what is, like, you already told me, like, what your style of coaching is. Did, did you ever have anyone that actually, like, that you were coaching lash out at you in anger? No. No. That's good. <laughs> nope, you know, I haven't had that yet. I have not experienced. Look, let me like on wood. <laughs> I have not experienced that. I think it's it's my approach because mm-hmm. I know what you're going through. So even if you were to lash out at me, I'm going to tell you, I, you I understand. To... You, mm-hmm. you mad. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I cannot get mad back at you. No, nothing. I, I Believe me, I understand. Mm-hmm. But my approach is so... Like I'm, Real. I'm welcoming. Like I'm going, <laughs> right. I'm going to hug you probably fifty million times. You know, yeah. because so, I know that feeling. I just know you're stuck. Everybody mm-hmm. moving around you, the world is moving on, and you're still sitting there in this one spot. You're wow. stuck. So is this something that you do every day? I mean, it's funny part is I get phone calls, emails all the time. Like, mm-hmm. how do you, you know? Right. Can I pick your brain about something, or I just lost somebody, or you know? Mm-hmm. And now I'm getting calls about even if pe- if people just lost someone, it's not even about their spouse. Not even about because, violence. Yeah, or... because you know you are going. You still, regardless of who it is, Ricard, you're still going to mm-hmm. go through those stages. You're still right. going to go through them. Mhm. That's so true. 
Because it really doesn't matter how, you know, they pass. You're going to go through all those things, shock, mm-hmm. you know, some, well, not always shock, because if you were, were, you were expecting expecting it, you know, it's a little different. You don't really go through, the, I don't think, too much shock. Mm-mm, not too but much shock, but you still other, be like, even if you get that phone yeah. call, you be like, even if you get the phone call, you just be like, you're going to be like, you in a shock yeah. for a few, you know, for, for a few for seconds. A few like, seconds. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you just, you it's, not, it's not something you want to hear. Yeah. You know, it's not something that you, you, you probably were expecting it, but just you, when you actually hear it. You just be like, wait a minute, what? You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, Definitely. please don't tell me this, you know. Mm. Wow. So, can you tell me for you for you which was the stage that you were most you know um which stage were you in at most of the time after anger this happened anger anger mm-hmm. anger I was like, what did me and my children ever do mm-hmm. to deserve this? I was in that mold, and you know like it, it for a year. I would put my children to sleep. I put them in their bed, and I would stand by their bed and just cry because I'm like, they have no father. This father, is crazy. yeah. I have a son that needs his father, and I have a daughter that really didn't know her dad. You know, right. your your father is your first love, and I'm close to my dad, so I'm looking right. at her like, who's who's gonna be who's she gonna be daddy's little girl to like it it just right, exactly. it broke my heart so I was in anger for a long time even going through the trial and just mm-hmm. it was that anger took over me mm-hmm. to the point that I had to go talk to somebody because I was right, like you right. know what I'm gonna hurt something you know so well, yeah yeah mm-hmm. I mean definitely you know we probably need more you know grief counselors. Because a lot of people know they do get angry and they do lash out at other people instead yeah. of going to get help, you know, especially, you know, like people, like a lot of people in the African-American community, they they look down on like, oh, if you go to a therapist or something. Oh, you know, yeah, I know a lot that. of times. And I'm like, I don't care. I was going because, I, I, like mm-hmm. you said, I was lashing out at people. Girl, I still apologize to my grandmother to this day. And she's mm-hmm. like, it's okay. I knew you were going through something. But I'm like, Grandma, like, I was yeah. really nasty. And, you know, yeah. I still apologize to this day. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, you were going through something. But I'm like, you feel bad because it's like I knew right. I was going through something, but I wasn't myself at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you never I really definitely. know, like, you ever see, like, no, you can, like, meet somebody or you just see somebody that's, like, acting really nasty and mean because, and you wonder, like, what's their problem? Why are they acting that way? You never really know. Mm-hmm. You never know. What a person might you be never know. So you, you have never to take know. They that got into a phone account call right that, you, you know, what, you don't know what people might be going through. Even if they're walking yep. around with a smile, you know. You just don't know. Sometimes you you don't know what people are really going through, you people know, look in at their me life. and ask me questions, and then once they hear my whole story, they, by the end of the story, they're looking at me like, what? Or, yeah, like, like really? Like, so how are you still walking around and, and doing the things you're doing? I'm like, God. God. <laughs> that's God. all I can say, because, yes. man, so that's the, I went you know, through it. That's what it. really gets you through. That's what really gets you through. 
And, yes, you, know, you know, I don't care who you are. And, you know, the counseling is good. And I think, you know, just like at, like some of the schools and they have the, you know, shootings at the school and they have grief counselors mm-hmm. that, you know, at the school for the students because they probably really need that. Yes, they do. Because they have no understanding, like, what, you know, why. Yeah. You know, you have especially all the being questions. that young, you know, and they, especially if it was one of their best friends, that, like, you know, their exactly. friends that got killed or whatever, you know, but, you know, like I was just saying, like in the Afri- African-American community, they kind of like look down like, oh, wow, you're going to therapy? What are you, you know, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. What's going on? Like, you know, I go to therapy too. Yep. You know, I go to it's therapy myself because I have um, work out um, anxiety disorder. And I mm-hmm. go to therapy, and it has helped me tremendously. I still go to this day, you know, and, and see, I'm going to keep and, going and as long as I like, need to. <laughs> exactly. And see, a death like that, like the way it happened with me, you get the anxiety. You get the paranoia. I don't mm-hmm. like being in crowds anymore because it was at a nightclub. So you, oh, wow. you get those things. So now you have to really talk to somebody because now I'm – listen, I was paranoid, like – Waking mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night in sweats. I'm hearing fourth. I'm telling you right now, Fourth of July is horrible for me to oh, hear firecrackers. Goodness. It reminds me of the shots. I just, you know, right, right. I, I have anxiety too, and know mm-hmm. that all causes from what I went through. Mm-hmm. So it's so that's you sort have of to like talk to somebody. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, post traumatic stress. Post post traumatic stress. Yes. Mm-hmm. But see, I was I have anxiety disorder. I had it all my life. I didn't know it. I didn't even know I had it. Like even when I was little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it was something that I had said to my therapist. Like I was just talking, and she had her back towards me, and I was just talking, talking about something about when I was little, what something I said. And then she turned around. She said, "There you go. She said, mm-hmm. You always had it all your life." Actually, I didn't know it. They and then pull I things out about of you, it, and they and help I was you. Like, wow, really? Mm-hmm. And then I thought about that thing, and I was like, well, maybe. I said, how could I have it at that young age of, like, five? And, you know, then I thought about it. I said, well, then again, when you come to think about it, like, maybe when my mother was pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. You know, you she might know. have been going through, like, a lot of stress. Because mm-hmm. that affects the child, too. Yes, it does. It definitely If does. you're going through something when you're, you know, pregnant, you know, because her, and, you know, and my dad, you know, they didn't stay together that long because he, you know, was abusive. Mm-hmm. So See? maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Stress, her going through stress, anxiety, whatever, you know, I could have been born with it. Exactly. You know, and that's why I, I watched my sister was thinking of, like, the now. worst thing that could happen, you know. So, and that, that really, like, like was like a like a light bulb when I was like really, I had it all this time I didn't know, and didn't know. Yep, and like I was saying, I, that's why I watch my children now because it's like, oh yeah, they're missing a to. part of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're missing a part of them, and I know, and I can't compensate for it, but I can be there for them. I'm not their mm-hmm. father. I'm just right, their mom. Right. You know, they have they have a godfather that's been in their lives, both of them, mm-hmm. and they have my and they have my father. And we get that they have men in their lives, but they mm-hmm. don't have their father. Right. That's a difference. So you just can't substitute it. Yeah, you just you can't. can't. Regardless you of can't. who it is, you just can't substitute it. Period. Mm-hmm. You really can't, you know, because there's a lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, that are 
are you know that are walking around with like uh, emptiness in them. Yep. You know because their father wasn't there for them, or their father passed, or whatever. You know you don't know what people mm-hmm. are you know really going through. I had somebody tell me that their father died twenty something years ago, and they still go through it. Well, my so. real father wasn't really in my life, but my stepfather. What happened with my stepfather? He was my brother's father. My brother's the mm-hmm. youngest. There's three of us. My sister's the oldest. I'm in the middle, and then it was my brother, and he died suddenly of a heart attack at 42. Mhm. And I'm gonna tell you, I still cry to today. If I hear a certain song or okay. yes. anything, yeah. you know, that might remind yeah. me, I will still cry. Mhm. You know, I did. I never did really get over that, but I got through mm-hmm. it. Yep. But you won't get over it never. But you know, like even you know, because sometimes now I'll be like, sometimes I'll be like, Dad, I was, you know, uh, you was here, mm-hmm. or you could, you know. But you know, I, I have a feeling that he, they know. Yep. That you know what you're going through. And see, you both know, of my children, this past uh, school year, both of them graduated. One graduated from fifth grade, and one graduated from pre-K. And they came mm-hmm. into my room the night before they graduated, and they both laid on my bed and started crying because they said their dad wasn't going to be at their graduation. So imagine two kids, boo mm-hmm. crying. My anger came back out. And it came back. I couldn't even cry because my anger came out like you got to be kidding me right now. Yep. Well, you know they're gonna go through. You know, it's, it's a like journey. when they get married, any kind of, mm-hmm. any, yes. especially you know something that's happening important in their life. You know, and you know I, exactly. I had, you know, a dream maybe one time about my dad, and. It was like I was walking through, like, a dark tunnel. But in my dream, I could tell I was still a little girl. Mm-hmm. You know how you just got that feeling from the dream? Yep. Like, I was still a little girl, and I was walking through this tunnel, and I'm like, and I and I hear it talking, and I was like, when I turn this corner, I thought it was going to be, like, I have, like, my two youngest kids, I thought it was going to be their father, there when I turned the corner, like this, you know, I thought, oh, it's just him, you know, because I heard his mm-hmm. voice. But when I turned the corner, it was my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting there, and he, like, he was sitting, like, on a throne. And he always, like, dressed real nice, and, you know, he had the rings and stuff in the hair process, you know, and he was sitting there, just, mm-hmm. I mean, smiling. And he had all these rings on. It was all this light on him. And it was like, I was in shock. I was like, (gasps) you know, I couldn't even talk. Like in my dream, Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk. And I was like, what? It really shocked me in the dream. And he was smiling and he was talking to me. Yep. But guess what? I couldn't hear him. Mm Mm-hmm. And I woke up crying because I was like, yep. what did he say? I want to know what he said. Exactly. I used to wake up with I don't know what he said. I dreamt about my husband. Yeah. Because I think wake they up, do come they to you in dreams and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
But I was like, it still bothers me to this day. But I'm glad that he was smiling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he was happy. Exactly. And but it was like, why couldn't I hear him? Yep. You know what I'm saying? It was like I went deaf all of a sudden. And I was like in shock. And I was still like, even when I woke up, I was like, oh, my goodness, you know. But what was he saying? I wanted to know what he was saying to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That You know, that bothered me for a long time because I didn't know what he was saying. I, I guess that probably happened around, I guess, probably a little over 10 years ago. Wow, but I, and I was still wondering to this day, like, what was he saying to me? You know, to you. And I was, mm-hmm. uh, and the funny part is, I was a little girl in the dream. I was, but I, I couldn't see myself. But what you it was know. like I was walking, like I'm a, uh, when I was like little. You know. Mhm. Mhm. But I just don't know what he was saying to me. <laughs> but you know, I guess it was a dream. You know, telling me he was okay. Because he was steady and talking smiling and everything. smiling and mm-hmm. just, you know, happy. And that was just his personality. He was, like, sitting on a throne. Like, he was, like, he had all this joy. You know, I was looking at his watch, and I was, like, in amazement. Like, wow. And it was, like, like all wow. the beams of light was just shining on him. It was like he was in this bright light. I was, like, wow. And then I was just, like, I wanted to, you know, I was, like, dad. You know, Wow. Wow. <laughs> it was like amazing, but I was just like, when he started talking, I was like looking at him like, can't hear him, mm-hmm. I can't hear you. But he was just smiling and smiling. Then I just woke up. And I was just, I started crying because I was like, oh man, I don't know what he said. Yep. You know. It'd be like that. Yeah, it was deep. <laughs> It was really deep because it was, like, so surprising to me, you know, because it was, like, a long tunnel I was walking through. I'm like, wow, where am I? You know, I'm dark, but I could see the light. The the light was so bright that I could see it before I got to it. Yeah. See? And when I turned that corner, I was surprised, and it was him. But I was expecting somebody else, and I'm like, <gasps> but the person I was thinking wasn't dead, or, you know, but that's mm-hmm. what I heard. And then when I got there, I was like, wow. oh, my. I was in shock in the dream. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Wow. Because when he passed, I was about 11 years old. I was about to turn 12. You know, I was young. But I was like, I was even, I was probably about that age when I was walking. And I was like, that's to me, that's young, a little girl, 11 years old. Yeah, you was, Yeah. And I was still, I was, like, back to that age. I was like, wow, this is really crazy. Like, how am I still, am I this age? I, he, I said, wow. I, I, you know, I didn't have a dream about him until I was grown. Yeah. I was a grown That's, woman, um, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know? And then I said, for me not to be able to hear on what he said, that, like, frustrated me so much. To to the core, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know that 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 was enough just to make me just cry. And all that day, I was just like so upset about that. Mhm. And I believe like, me, I know. Thinking, wishing, like when I go back to sleep, I hope I dream about him again. And maybe next time I can hear him. That didn't happen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <sighs> Whew. So I know. 
But it took yeah. me a long time. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. It took me a long time to, like, really get through that. Like, you know, from when it happened. Because it was such a shock. And he was so young. You know. That's how I felt. That's how I felt. He was, my husband was uh, 30. Wow. He was 30. Because mm. I became a, yep, I was a widow at 31. Wow. He didn't even. He died nine days before his birthday, so he didn't even make it to nine, uh, thirty-one. Wow. Wow. Whew. And I'm like, this is it's, 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 it gets hard sometimes, you know, especially when like something huge happens in your life, you be like, oh my god, which. Mm-hmm. They were here, but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes you can feel them. Yeah, and I used to feel them like, a lot. Oh, a lot. They here. I can feel it. Mhm. They don't. I don't think they miss anything. And it's crazy because I, really I don't think my they sister, do. We, you can hear something mm-hmm. in my house. And it's actually, and you, and the funny part is, you can hear a person walk. And I, I'm like, I'm telling you, it's, it's a walk. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because my floor cracks when you walk. So you can tell somebody's walking. And they walk mm-hmm. from my son's room to my daughter's room mm-hmm. all the time. And it's all like, the time. It was like, yep. And my sister was like, when I was gone one day, she was like, it scared her because she thought somebody was in, in home, at home with she her. She heard it too? And I said, no. Uh-huh. And I said, no. Ooh. I said, that's, I said, to, I told her, I said, that's probably either our grandmother or their father. Yeah. But I figured it was their father because he mm-hmm. walks from my son's room to my from daughter's the, from room every room day. To the other room. Every day. Wow. Isn't that something? And I said, and I was like, I believe that because no floor is mm-hmm. going to crack and you hear somebody no, walking by no. A lot of people don't believe in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But trust me, when you go through something like that and something happens, you know, you got to experience it for yourself. You know, some people just and say, the crazy oh, part that's is, not, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. But I believe it. The crazy part is one day it. I was I was asleep. And you know how you think you sleep but you're woke or mm-hmm. or you think you're you think you're, you're half woke sleep. but you're asleep like between yeah, sleep and so, yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. Ooh. So I heard I heard the walking and I I got scared cuz I was like somebody's in the house. So in my dream which I thought I was woke, I got up and ran mm-hmm. straight into the garage and got in my car. And when I backed out my car out out the garage my husband come running out the house like, it's just me. It's just me. Hold on, hold on. It's just me. Yeah, but to see, the car. And I there said, you go oh. right there. there and you I stopped go. the car like, oh, okay, like you scared me. Right. Yep. But that's that. Did you, what, I mean, what proof, more me, proof that was do you need? What more <laughs> proof do you need? Like people be like, oh, I don't believe that. But it's a lot of people that do. And there's some people mm-hmm. that don't. Well, oh, well. You, but trust me, when I tell you, like, like, that's like me. <laughs> you can, sometimes you can Feel them, or you might hear something, mm-hmm. or you know, like sometimes you might think you hear them calling you. Exactly. Like, I woke I up a couple of times. Well. I hear. Mhm. Mhm. I woke up a couple of times like that. Somebody was in my ear and said something. And I woke up like, "Where are mm-hmm. you at?" You know, and then I realized, oh, you know. Well, sometimes you could just be walking. Going, going through your, de- your day, and you can just hear somebody call you, and you'd be like, mm-hmm. who was that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I know I heard my name loud and clear. 
you know. But I think they just drop little things and to remind us that we still here, we still know. Exactly. They just in a number watching over you on the other side. Yep. Some people don't believe it. Hey, I do. I do. I've seen too many <laughs> things with my own eyes and heard too many things. You know, not to believe. Because I remember, like, my grandmother passed, like, a couple years afterwards. And I remember I was, I guess I was around 13, 14 then. And I remember I had fell asleep on it. I had, like, a little couch in my room, in my bedroom, because mm-hmm. me and my sister shared a bedroom. We had, like, a little couch in there. And I had, it was, like, in the summertime, and I fell asleep on the couch. Bam, you know, and I remember like I was laying there, and my grandmother's face was like right in my face. Oh, wow! And she was like, she started hugging me, and she was like, "I love you," and I was like, "I love you too, Grandma." And then I woke up, mm-hmm. and it was like she was still hugging me, and I was trying to get up because it scared me. That scared me. I was like, I was trying to get up. I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't get up. I couldn't get up. Like somebody holding Because she was hugging yep. me so tight. She was just hugging me, hugging me so tight. I was like, and I had woke up now. And I could still feel her hugging me, and I was, like, trying to get up because it scared me. And, and when she let me go, I was like, whew. And I ran down the stairs, and I told my mom. I was like, Mom, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, when you that age, it's scary. I mean, stuff don't it take a lot to scare me. I mean, now. It would take a lot to scare me, you know. Wow. Because, you know, I'm one of the people that, You've been through you know, it. I mm-hmm. see things. I see things. I have that, what do you call it? The What do they call it? They say you got a veil over your face. Premonition. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I have that real strong. And my, my, I used to tell my mom things, certain things, you know, and she would be like, yeah, okay, because she was like a person that I didn't really believe. But then she waited until I got grown to tell me that I was going with a fell over my face. She said, that's probably why you be knowing stuff. I'll be like, well, why wow. you didn't tell me that when I was younger? And said of that, you know, I was thinking oh, maybe I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, she waited till I got, actually got grown and said, well, you, you were born with a veil over your face. Thank you for telling me that now. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> when I was younger, I thought I was crazy or something. You know, how you thinking, like, well, maybe is it me? You know? And you going, yeah. Because a lot of times I know stuff going to happen before it happens. Before it happens. Mm-hmm. Before it happens. You know, all kinds of stuff. You know, sometimes, like, if somebody will tell me, you know, don't do this. No, I'm, I'm going, I'm getting ready to go to so-and-so place. And I'll be like, you know what? Don't go. Mm-hmm. Just wait. Don't go today. Don't go. Sometimes people listen and sometimes they don't. They don't. And then when they don't, then they'll be like, they'll come back to me later. You know what? I should have listened to what you said because something mm-hmm. happened. You know, I said, well, that's why I told you. Because sometimes I can be walking down the street now or going to the store or whatever, and something will say, turn back around. Mm-hmm. And people will look at me like I'm crazy because all of a sudden I'll just stop 
and I'll turn back around and go back home and sit there for like 15 minutes until that solar mm-hmm. pass. And then what? Yep. And then I'll find out later on something had happened during the time that I probably would have been there. Wow. But I'm glad that I have it because it keeps kept me out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it did. It kept me out of a lot of stuff, you know. You know, if I have a song I shouldn't go somewhere, I won't go. You know, I said, well, maybe I'll just do it another day that I'm not going to do it today. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it can come up to me all of a sudden because I, I was walking, I was, this was like years ago, and I was like getting ready to catch the subway home from work, and something said, don't go down them steps. So I walked all the way to whatever street and caught the bus. And I know that's I'm right. on a bus, we're passing the subway stops, and people are pouring out of the subway stops. Just pouring out at each subway stop. People were, like, coming up from the, you know, from underground. Something had happened. Mm. I was on the bus, though. Yep. <laughs> so something when I got to right that subway right stop, something yep. said, don't go down those steps. And I listened to it. So I said, well, let me just walk on down. You know, it took me a little walk, you know. You know, just walk, catch the bus. That's what I did. I always listen to it because I know mm-hmm. it, it, it never steers me wrong. Exactly. Never steers me wrong. Oof. But, um, yeah, I believe, you know, they they are with us. They, you know, they still watch over us. Sometimes we don't, we might, we might, you know, expand something. We don't even know who it is. Exactly. You know, because if you have deceased loved ones, you don't know which one. Sometimes you don't sometimes know which one. No, yep. like they <laughs> smell the scent of them sometimes. But sometimes you don't know. They say they leave pennies around and all this stuff. I believe that, yeah, because a lot of times I'll be finding pennies. Like, where? Now, I know good and well, this honey wasn't here when I was just walked past here a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Stuff be moved. They say they drop pennies. You think you lost something? I know I had this thing, this certain place. And it's all of a sudden moved. Yep. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it don't scare me now because I'm grown. But when I was younger, it would like I'll be like, it would scare oh, you. It would scare the yeah. Sometimes yep. you know, sometimes, but it took to the point where I got used to it. Because I won't tell you the, know. I won't tell the kids they will they will hear it. But right now I won't I won't tell them that is their father. I don't want to scare them. Oh no, because no, they they might that might scare them. Yep. So I won't. You I won't know, tell you them might right have now. to wait till they get a little bit older because they might mm-hmm. experience it for themselves anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because my my daughter um, said something to me one day, and she couldn't have possibly known that. And then mm-hmm. nobody could have possibly told her because the only three people that was in the room was me, her father, and her. But she was mm-hmm. in the car seat, and she said to me, Mom, I remember when you was in the hospital and Dada was carrying me in the car seat and you was in the bed, in the hospital bed. And I'm like, what? You know? Mm-hmm. She was the yeah. only person that could know that because I was. I was sick, and they had to take me to the hospital, and they mm-hmm. put me in the bed, and she. it was just him and her. That was it. Wow. 
See? So I'm like, your dad be talking to her. Like, she used to play with him in her sleep when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, even though I don't have any pets, they say, like, you're, like if you have pets, they're sensitive to, to it. Oh, they, yeah. They, like, they more sensitive. in tune. Like, especially mm-hmm. when you're younger, you're more, you know, like, you're really in tune. You know. So definitely, and, and, and you know the animals. So you, you have a dog or cat, and they looking at something like they sit. Yep. I remember we did have a cat when I was, and I had one on my prime, and I got home, and my it was a cat. My my it was my sister's cat, and he was standing at the top of the steps, like looking down the steps and growling. You ever heard a cat growl? Mm-mm. He was looking no. at something. <laughs> he wasn't. He didn't pay me no mind, and I was started. Well, I was scared. Now that I was scared, cause I was like, "What is he looking at?" So I started going up the step, right? So I'm walking up the steps, and he's still sitting at the top of the step, and he's still like making that noise, <sighs> you know, like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh Lord!" So I walked past him, and I went into the bathroom real quick, and then I turned. So I'm in the bathroom. I'm thinking, "What am I gonna do?" And like right next to the bathroom was my mom's room, so I'm like. I opened the door a little bit, and I looked at him, and he was still looking down the steps, like staring down the step. And I was like, and I called his name, and he turned around and looked at me. He turned around real, real slow and looked at me and said, ah. I closed that door Mm-mm. so fast. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be stuck in this bathroom all night. I know that's right. No, but I wasn't because I took a mad dash for my mom's room because it was right, right next to the room. And then the next day he was fine. The next day he was fine. I was like, what was all that about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, what is he looking at? And then you know how like I had a, like a funny feeling too, like in the house. Like, something wrong. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like something didn't feel right. You know how when something don't feel right? Yeah. You ever walk into a room and don't feel something? Mm-hmm. No, if something don't feel right, I'm right. out. I'm out. I don't care. I could tell. Like I could be with somebody. I'll be like, look, something ain't right. I'm out. And See, I, I'm gonna go. I advise you to go with me. Come on. Sometimes people don't listen. I go. I don't care. If I get a feeling, I'm going with that feeling. Yep, I'm gone. Yup, and believe me, it'd be a reason. Always. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go to a quick commercial, and when we come back, we're going to talk about your books. Okay. All righty. So right in the building, House of Stone by Coco. I'm going to show you. She's going to show you. We're going to show you how we do this, huh? What? Yo, this bling be the illest. Coco House of Stone got a feeling. Step up in the room. Royal like a queen. Rockin' House of Stone, girl, you know you reign supreme. Red carpet jewels, finest of quality. Necklace so reckless. I know you've seen the rosary designer for celebrity. Pieces on the runway. Tracy Lynn was so back when you gotta grow up someday. Big girl accessories always on fleek. Not the average, but the baddest chick. The ones who like to be unique. We don't follow the crowd. We set the trends. Other fashions bow down. House of Stone will never be. My bad, with this commercial interrupt, I'm just trying to be your friend, help you step your game up. When you put on House 
Rolling Stone, get ready for your close-up. Trendsetters, go get his ladies in the know. House of Stone stands alone, I just thought I'd let you know. I think I said too much. You need to catch your breath, nobody does it better. Yo, House of Stone is the best. This is the soul writer. And I'm here with my girl Coco. House of Stone by Coco, that is. She's got the flyest bling on the planet. Yo, she kicking down doors in magazines, on the runway, celebrity jewelry designer, and I'm trying to put you down with games. On Facebook, House of Stone by Coco. Instagram, House of Stone by Coco. Twitter, House of Stone by Coco. Yo, it's real easy, and if you're really trying to holler at my girl, then holler at your girl, the soul writer, and I'll put you in direct contact with none other than the lady herself. Now, when you step outside, your fashion needs to be standing on a firm foundation, and it gets no firmer than the house that Coco built. Yo, check it. I'm going to show you, huh? She's going to show you what? We're going to show you how we do this, huh? What? House of Stone by Coco. It doesn't get any better than the best. <laughs> Welcome back to the Recovery Corner. I am your host. Author is Tanya Wilson, and I'm here with my guest, author Tanisha D. Mackin. Now, Tanisha, was your first book Words from a Widow our no, new normal? Was that your was, first? Mm-hmm. My first book was Still Standing. Okay, Still Standing. Okay. Okay. And what was your aspiration for writing your first book? I wrote my first book because I was asked to write um, a chapter in another person's book, um, Conversations of Courage. And Mm -hmm. when I did that, um, one of my friends told me, they were like, you know what, you can, you know, actually write a book about your life. So I started writing Mm -hmm. a book while I was going through chemo. And to me, it was therapeutic. So that was the, (laughs) yeah, it was definitely therapeutic. Mm. Wow, and, and you know that that is so true when you write about your own life because that's what I like. My book is about is about you know my about my life, you know the story of my life and my journey of recovery from you know alcohol addiction. Mm-hmm. So it was like I had no writer's block. I knew you know, but I you know I asked God. God inspired me to write that book, and it was like such a release for me. You know, That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's therapeutic. You got to get. But I said, you know, when I was writing that book, and that's how I came up with the title for my book. The time is now. You know, I was like, I don't. I have a picture. You know, already like I, I seen this beautiful picture. I was like, that's gonna be the picture for my book. You know, and mm-hmm. then I was like, I don't know. What I'm gonna name the book, what I'm gonna call it, you know, what I'm, what the title is. So I was like thinking, like, how do I start writing this book? Do I start from now and work my way back, you know, or start from the, you know, the, the beginning of my life and then work my way up to now? Mm-hmm. And something just said, it doesn't matter. You just do it now, and that's how I was like, the time is now. Boom, got my title. Yeah, exactly. And before I read, yeah, before I wrote each chapter, I made sure I prayed before I wrote it. And it took me about only like two months to write the book. And I didn't even work on it every day. 
Mm-hmm. That's how it was for me. Because mm-hmm. you get no writer's block when you're writing about your own life. But, you know, you have to be nope. in prayer <laughs> when you write a book. I believe, you know, you got to pray. Mm-hmm. You know, because you don't want to say the wrong thing. Exactly. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to exactly. be very tactful. Exactly. You know. <laughs> and that's what I learned. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Gotta be careful because you don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. You don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes when you write in a book, you don't want to turn it into a event book. Exactly. Not saying that you can't write a event book. You can write a event book, but after you write it, burn it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Burn and it. See, that's the difference. Even if you just got to get mom- it out, like if you got anger, like if you got still got like some anger issues or something, you can write that book and just like read it. Be like, wow, this ain't book ain't going to do nobody no good. Burn it. Yep. That's just like my <laughs> first book. Like my the difference between my first book and my uh, recent book. My first book was almost like a vet book. And then, right. And plus I wasn't in my, the right state of mind. I wrote it right after my husband passed. And then mm-hmm. last book, five years later, I'm in a better space. I'm in, right. you know, a better head space. So I wrote another, my fifth one. And to me, it was a much better because I'm coherent. It was more I, aspirational. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how I wanted my book to be. So I said, I don't want to turn this into an event book. I'm not going to even go there. I'm just going to just, you know, that's why I said I had to I had to pray before I wrote each chapter. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody tell me after they read the book, like, God was definitely with you when you wrote this book. I said, yeah, I know. Mhm. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> yeah. So now your book. Now the first book you wrote is called Still Standing. Where can that book be purchased? It can be purchased on Amazon, or you can purchase on my website, and that's you know just TanishaDMacken.com. Right. Mhm. I have your. I actually have your website on the um, event page. Okay. To your website and your so all can all your books be purchased from your website? Yeah. Okay. And they're all on Amazon. Yes. Okay. Okay. So tell me a little bit about um your son's book. <clears throat> okay, my son wanted to write a children's book for uh, children that lost their basically lost their parent, and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. to death. Oh, they lost their parent to either death, prison, uh, or people right, lost right. out on them. Um, it's it's a colorful children's book, um, and what he did at the end, in the back of the book, he has a section where children can write their own stories. Wow, that's so, great. And then what, what he did was he made a hard, he has a hard cover to it, he has a soft cover, oh. and then he also has a coloring book for the babies. Oh. So he has three. Yeah, he has three versions of the book, and they all have the journals in them. But the last, the the, the last one is a coloring book of the book, mm-hmm. and it has a journal in there as well. But he did that for the baby. <laughs> wow! And so, where can his book be purchased? His book now. His book can be purchased on, on our website as well, on my website, and with okay. his tab with his name up there on my website. You can go right mm-hmm. to his um 
to the tab, and it goes right to all his information. Okay, so can you tell you know our listener audience again, you know how they can get to your website? Even though I have it on posted, you know some people might not be able oh, yeah, to see it or. It's Tanisha T A N I S H A D as in David Mackin M A C K I N dot com. That's all one word. And also, I have the MackinProject dot org, and that's the foundation. Okay. Now I'm trying to think. Do I have the? I think I have the that site up there also. Okay. The Mackin Project. I think I have it up there. If I don't, I'm going to put it on up there. And also, I'm trying to find a way to put your son's book up there too on the event page, you know, so people can see it. Be, you know. Yes, I'm so I think that's fine. great that you know that he wrote a book like that. And how old is he mm-hmm. again? He's twelve now. He's twelve. He okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> wow. So you have two authors in the family. Yes. You and then. So is your daughter thinking about writing one too? That little girl is five years old. She needs her own reality show or something. She's sassy and <laughs> she wants. She sings. She dances. She she likes gymnastics. She needs her own show. <laughs> oh wow! Maybe she when might get her own with, show. She's doing listen, all that. She's she five. <laughs> when we go places with her, we feel like we are her entourage. That's how we feel. Wow. <laughs> She's a big personality. <laughs> Wow. Very big. Mm. So she just likes singing and dancing and Yeah. <laughs> She's a performer. Okay. Well, you know, you gotta nurture it. You know Oh God I am. <laughs> so. And a little diva. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, 'cause I think, you know, like when you see that your child is good at something, I think it's good to you know, kinda nurture them, especially if they enjoy doing it. Mhm. Exactly. If it's something that they really like doing, I think it should be nurtured. Some sometimes parents will encourage their children to do stuff that they don't really like doing. Exactly. I want you to be a doctor. Suppose they don't want to be a doctor. Mhm. I ask my children, and they'll push you know them, and they'll push them, and then they wind up rebelling. So I don't think people should, you know, parents should. Have their children do something that they don't they don't really want to do. Do exactly. And there's a lot of parents out there that do that, and they be like, "Well, mom, you never really asked me, or dad, you never really asked me what I really like." You know, yep. what do I, I really I like doing? All the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. So you you know you got to find out what you know. You, you know, kids, kids deserve respect, too. Because some people think that, you know, children don't deserve respect. Or, you know, you only you just listen to me, what I tell you, da 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 No, children deserve respect, too. Exactly. But some people don't feel that way. But they deserve some respect, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like us adults, you know, because they're just little adults. <laughs> they just little. And they are. <laughs> yes. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah, because you know they deserve to, to, you know to express their feelings in the right way. But you have to encourage that too. You don't want them to, you know, come to you angry 
or whatever. That's why I tell like all my kids, they don't they're not scared to come to me with anything. Exactly. You know, because I talk to my children, I let them know, like, it's okay no matter what it is. You can always come to me and tell me. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to reprimand you. Mm-hmm. And that's you how know. my dad raised us. That's how my mm-hmm. dad raised us. And I think that's the best way because that, cause some, some, it's just so many, you know, especially when they get in their teenage years. Now, I have two teens. And an adult daughter. Wow. They're not afraid to come to me with anything. Mm-hmm. And that's how I want it to be, because I don't want to be one of those parents that get shocked when something happens, like, oh, my God, I can't believe she did that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Some, You know, this is a lot of teenagers, they feel so pressured sometimes that they take their own mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because they, you know, they want to live up to something that they that somebody else wants, and they're afraid to say, "No, I don't want to do that." Mm-hmm. Your, your your child should never be that fearful of you that they can't come to you and say, "Look, I really don't," you know. Yep, I mean, I you do suppose to discipline them. If they do something wrong, yeah, you discipline them. But it's a way you can go about doing that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And they say, well, you know, back in the day, we got our behinds whooped. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. I don't do too much hitting. <laughs> I, you know, I never did a whole lot of, like, spanking. Me neither. Mm-hmm. Now, the way, the way because of the time that we're in now, a punishment for them, take away that computer, tablet, Ex- smartphone. Oh, my God, <laughs> you can't watch TV. You can't watch cable. Mm-hmm. Nope. You're going to sit in your room and just sit there and look at the wall. Read a book. My son Do was the type else. that if we hollered at him, he would cry and fall out on the floor like I just whooped him. So we never even had a walk. Oh, yeah. They, they, they go through. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some kids will do that like you. Like you, if you look at them hard, of course they start crying. Yeah. Like, are you serious? <laughs> you know like, what I, mean? I didn't even you. touch you. I might say I'm gonna do something. Yeah, but I, I'm gonna tear you up. <laughs> yep. You know how you say, we, parent, we all do it. I'm gonna tear you up. Yep. And we ain't gonna do nothing. Don't, they don't push me. They don't push me to where they, I they have know, to go. You know. All I gotta do is give them that, that look. Yep. <laughs> give them that look. Take away them tablets. Mhm. And trust me. They get this stuff together real quick. Because they're going to try you. They are going to try you. Definitely going to do that. they definitely going to do that. But they know when I give them that certain look, you already know what's, what's next. You might as well just go somewhere and sit down. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Don't even think that you're going to sneak and do nothing either because I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> like my daughter, she's 13, and I had put her on punishment. I think it was like last year because of her, you know, grades or whatever wasn't like mm-hmm. they were supposed to be. And I was looking at her like, are you really serious? I said, look at this. I know you can do better than this. Exactly. I know you can. No tablet. 
for a whole month. She got them great A's and B's. Went right up. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Because I knew. I knew that she could do better than that. But you know how they, they, they got other stuff on their mind. They thinking about this video. That, look, mm-hmm. You got to nip that right in the bud. Nip it in the bud. Nope, you can't do no. You're not watching that. You're not watching okay. Exactly. You ain't watching nothing. nothing. Well, well, maybe when a weekend comes and we watch. You know, that, you know my daughter. She 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 gonna call herself being sneaky. You know how you got that mother instinct. Yep. I said something to say. Go on the third floor. Mm-hmm. So I go on the third floor in the computer room. She in there with the tablet. I said, give me that tablet. Exactly. Didn't I tell you? But mom, nope. I said you can get it back. Next report when I see your report card. Mm-hmm. I said, then you get it back. Trying to be sneaky. Exactly. I done been there and done all that. <laughs> you ain't fooling me. You know, because they think they, you know, they, they smarter than you sometimes. Like exactly. They get a, I done been there and done all that. I know when you're doing something, you ain't, you shouldn't. I get that feeling, like, mm, it's too quiet. You know, or something. And here I come, and I tiptoe, because I'm going to catch you. Exactly. <laughs> Is this so way. funny? Then I have to laugh about it, because, you know, you try to, they try a lot of things, you know. So, yeah, definitely have to nip that in the bud quick. But I, it's a way that you can go about doing it. You don't have to, like, beat the life out of them. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You don't have to do that Not because that doesn't always. That a lot of times that doesn't really work. It don't work sometimes. Mm-mm. Not at all. No, not really. Because it's better like to get a really good talking to. Sometimes. And let them know what they can't. You're not going to have this. I'm not buying you this. You're not getting that. Nope. That kills them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Trust me, it does. I told my kids so. I was canceling Christmas, and they, mm-hmm. oh, man. Oh, they got it together, didn't they? <laughs> you better not say, you, what? No Christmas? Oh, they'll mm-hmm. get this stuff together real quick. Because <laughs> they try you, they, the little smart mouth. What you say? Oh, really? Okay. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they will try. But they, they they know how far to go. They sure do. They know how far to go with it, you know, because some of these, you know, some, you know, you see some kids, they be so out of control, and the parents mm-hmm. just be just wanting to cry. You got to know how the right way to, you know what I'm saying? You can't let them get the upper hand on you because you got to show them why they're young, really young, that you got the upper hand. And some parents don't do that. They just let the kids just do anything. And then they exactly. try to straighten it out when they get a teenager. You can't. It's too late. It's too late. So, So, yeah, you have to really straighten them out when they get, you know, when they're young. 
Okay, um, Tanisha's call dropped, and I'm going to wait for her to call back in. So if anyone, you know, out there, if you have any questions or comments for me or my guests, you can call in at one three four seven eight eight four eight nine two four. Press one, and I will bring you into the studio live. If you have any questions for me or my guests, hi, Tanisha. <laughs> yeah, your call hi. dropped. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so I said I was going to wait for you to call back in. You know, tell, you know, say if anybody have any questions or comments, they can call in. You know, okay. if they have any questions or anything. So, um, can you tell you know our listening audience, you know, how you can be reached on social social media? What are your okay. um, social media platforms that you are on? Okay, I'm on. Um, Instagram and Twitter, I have two accounts on there. So one is just mm-hmm. Tanisha Mackin, and the other one is Mackin Project. And then mm-hmm. also I'm on Facebook, and that's author Tanisha D. Mackin. And also mm-hmm. I have a um, a public page, which is Tanisha Mackin. And I'm on LinkedIn, again, my name. Okay. So everything basically is just Tanisha Mackin. You can look me okay. up by it. Okay. okay. So can you tell me... What advice would you have for someone that's going through, you know, that have lost a loved one to violence? What advice would you have for them? I always say stay prayful. Um, Stick around family. Mm -hmm. When you feel yourself starting to, you know, drift a little bit, find something that – you're interested in like me I'm a writer and I love painting so painting to me is therapeutic Mm -hmm. so just find little things that you know you can like take your mind off of stuff or your anger out on um I also say seek counseling or seek like if you're going through it hard you need to seek counseling Mm -hmm. period you need help you know you don't want to take it out on anybody you don't want to you know, do anything to hurt anybody else. So, you you know, you need to talk to somebody, let it out. And I also tell people this, mm-hmm. let yourself grieve, period. Right. Don't let anyone tell you that you should only grieve for so many months or whatever. You take as much time as you want to to grieve. If you need to cry, That's right. cry. If you need to scream, scream. But get it out. Do not prolong your grieving. Right. Yeah, because a lot of people will just tell you you need to just get over it. Yes. Really? Alcohol and drugs. No, you have to go through that whole process. Exactly. You know. Some people turn to um, drugs and alcohol, and I tell Mm -hmm. them that's not the way to go neither, because all you're doing Mm -hmm. is prolonging your pain. You're just coating it right now. That's all you're doing, and and actually you wind up, you know, you wind up worse than you were before. Exactly. So, I know that from experience. I just tell people to be positive. So. <laughs> it's going to hurt. I tell people to be positive. It's going to hurt. I know it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just pray because that's all I did was pray. Yeah. But prayer changes everything. Yes. I prayed every prayer day. I prayed everything. one prayer 
and I just said, Lord, please take this pain off of me because it was a pain like Mm -hmm. no other. Mm. I was sick, and I needed it. Just please take it away from me. And eventually it happened. Yeah. Eventually it will, you know. But, you know, sometimes we we just have to go through that process because, like, there's no no testimony without the test. Exactly. Exactly. No testimony without the test. And you can, that, you know, what you've learned through your grieving process, you can, you know, tell other people what to expect. Exactly. And, and that helps you be, like I'm here do for. what you're doing, being a coach, a bereavement coach, help to encourage other, you know, people. And I'm sure that played a large role in you and be able to help other people, you know, by going yes. through your own, you know. But, I mean, pain does go away after a while. You might feel it every once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. you get through it. We we never really get all the way over something. It's like you get through life because life goes on. Exactly. You know, you don't want to stay stuck, you know. You definitely you really don't. don't. So that's not a good place to be. It's not. You know, you're going to have your moments. Throughout life, you're going to have your, you know, you're going to have your moments, you know, and you know. And you you definitely will, (laughs) believe Mm -hmm. me. You're going to have your moments, but you're going to get to a point where you can think about that person and smile Mm -hmm. about the happy memories, you know, that you have of them. You know what I'm saying? You'll be able to get to that point. Exactly. You know. And, you know, you got to live your life in such a way that, you know, that you'll be able to see them again, you know. (laughs) So, yeah. So can you tell me, you know, what are some of your short-term goals and what are some of your long-term goals? Um, My short-term goals right now is um, just – continuing on with the Mackin project and um I want to write a couple of more books and again that goes into my long term as well um just trying you know getting the Mackin project where I needed to be and being able to help more and more families worldwide mhm okay great so I'm getting ready to you know wrap up this show and I always in my show with the serenity prayer. And okay. it goes, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and the next. Amen. Amen. And I just want to say it was such an honor and a pleasure having you on the Recovery Corner Blog Talk radio show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing 
you're trying your best. And on three, we're going to say good night to everyone. One, two, three. Good night, everyone. And thank you for joining us on the Recovery Corner Blog Talk Radio Show. Good night, Tanisha. And thank you so much. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.